Hi, my name is John, and this is my good buddy Andy, and you're listening to the Packers Blitz podcast, the podcast done by two diehard Packer fans who survived the dark times of the 1980s, Packers football, and lived to talk about it. This podcast is dedicated to the world's greatest fans, Packer fans. And Andy, why don't you take us away? Sorry, uh, Packers Blitz fans. The audio from our last episode sounded like we were astronomers tracking and recording sounds from outer space that could be alien in nature. Click, click, <laughs> click, click. It's as if the audio track from episode 48 was derived from a Pink Floyd song, Echoes. That lasts uh, 23 minutes, 30 seconds, by the way. <laughs> uh, John, there there are certain municipalities in the state of Wisconsin, like mm-hmm. yours and mine, that must be begging for higher speed internet. Uh, yeah. John, we've had yeah. some uh, technical issues here and there. Power surges. Take two. Take two. <laughs> Take so, two. So oh. I just want to say, Packers Blitz fans out there who listen to us, remember, it's Andy and I. Uh, we have the best equipment we can have. We're not in a studio. We're not professionals. We do this because we love the Packers and we love talking Packers. And I love to be with my good buddy Andy doing this because sometimes we don't get to see each other as often as we would like. And I cherish this moment to be with my good buddy uh, to talk Packers. And, you know, hey, most of our recordings are still pretty good. But we're trying, and if you're just listening to us and just the new person checking us out, just remember, you know, hey, sometimes we have to deal with a little click or a little whatever, but that's okay because you know you're going to listen to a podcast where these are true fans talking about what they love and giving you the opportunity to to maybe hopefully down the line we do a GoFundMe or whatever to get better equipment, some studio time. So... Uh, yeah, with that being said, oh, go yeah, ahead, Andy. Yeah, we're we're still waiting for the Packers organization to reach out to us, John. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we may be re- waiting for a while. You we know? might be. We are, we are working for uh, some radio station. We are working yeah, yeah, for yeah. like iHeart yeah. Radio or whatever. So yeah, exactly. we definitely don't exactly. have our own podcast where we have. Uh, we're working with a corporation like you know ESPN or whoever yeah. it is. So yeah, whoever you know, holds so, team, so, right. so you know, just please just you know give us a break, you know, cut us a little bit of slack. We're we're doing yeah. our best and we, yeah, yeah. we love doing this, John. You know, I love yeah, doing yeah. this with you, and you know, it's, it's a lot it. of fun. So yeah, I appreciate it. So uh, let's get right into it. Yes, the Packers lost to the Steelers 23-19. <laughs> but you one they thing Andy did. and I were talking offline, we were saying, like, you know. We may be a little too negative because it's easy to get negative when you're not a winning team and it will be a little hard on LaFleur and being a little hard on Jordan Love uh, and Murphy and, and Gutekunst. But so today we decided, okay, the things that make Packer fans go, hooray, and uh-oh, during the loss once again to the Steelers in Pittsburgh, we have not let a won there. Uh, about 1970, 71. In other words, 53 years, half a century. That's really long. So I'm going to take yep. the first one, Andy. I'm going to do the first. Hooray! That's uh, awesome. So, Before you start, John, I just oh, wanted ahead. to yeah. say that I really, really made a concerted effort to find the positive, <laughs> the positive <laughs> Packers information. And it took quite a bit of doing <laughs> to, to find find that information so we're trying to going to try to stay positive this yeah, yeah. podcast as much as we possibly can as so hooray hooray so rookie playmakers like tight end luke musgrave and wide receivers jaden reed and dontavian wicks contributed in a big way on sunday the trio caught 10 passes for 199 yards and a score. All three had impact plays, splash plays, plays over 20 yards. Musgrave had catches of 28 and 36 yards. Reed had a TD in the second quarter and a 46-yard catch on the final drive. Very good catches, by the way. Wicks delivered a 32-yard catch on third and long 
and a 23-yarder in the first half, the trio have become a reliable go-to targets for Jordan Love. The development and production of young playmakers like Musgrave, Reed, and Wicks around Love is very encouraging. To begin the season, Matt LaFleur was using Musgrave almost exclusively on short passes. Lately, LaFleur is utilizing Musgrave's ability to stretch the seam, attack the middle of the field, and attack defenses vertically. Reed is a great route runner and has excellent hands. Wicks, in particular, deserves more opportunities. He knows how to get open, and he finds soft spots in zone coverage. So, that's the hooray. Now the uh-oh. All right. The year two uh, sophomore season of Charles Watson. Uh, Christian, Christian Watson, Watson. Excuse me. Christian Watson has been subpar at best. Christian Watson has struggled to replicate his incredible end to the 2022 season. He continues not to win on contested catches. He is partly responsible for Jordan Love's two interceptions in the fourth quarter. And just really quickly, I do want to say that the biggest thing is two of our greatest receivers in Packer history, Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson, go look at what they did in our sophomore year. And you will see, well, basically Christian Watson. Uh, maybe they did a little bit better, but again, they both had troubles catching. They both had route running problems. They had problems staying in bounds. They had problems blocking. Just go down the laundry list of things. But they did come back and became two excellent receivers. And obviously, Jordy Nelson is a Packer Hall of Fame member. And Devontae Adams, when his career is done, will be one too. So the thing, though, is right now is fine. Don't make the catch, but at least become a defender, especially against Patrick Peterson. I was like, this guy's almost twice your age. You know, knock the ball out or do something and prevent the interceptions. Now, Christian Watson's father and brother are defending him, which Andy and I have sons, and we would do the same thing for him for them. So Again, they're defending Christian Watson in the media, especially on social media. And, you know, fine. You know, Andy and I get that. But don't rip on the Packer fans for being upset with his lackluster play. Many fans, media members, and NFL experts are calling for him to be benched, which I think is wrong. And I'll get to that in a second. In five games, Christian Watson has only 12 catches for 213 yards and a TD. Take out that 77-yard pass play against the Raiders. Watson has 11 catches for 136 yards and a score. He had too many drops. He needs to clean up his mistakes, and he needs to play better or be benched in favor of better options like Romeo Dobbs, rookies, wide receiver, and Dontanio in Wicks. Now, my thing with this is, and I said the same thing about Jordan Love, is if you do that, you're doing two things. One, you're stunting his growth. Two, we're, we're not going to the Super Bowl and let him play out there. But that being said, if Christian Watson is not coming in early and staying late, if he's not sticking his nose in the playbook and taking it home with the, well, they don't have a playbook anymore. They use the Surface, <laughs> Microsoft Service. And he's not doing extra conditioning doing extra, uh, you know, uh, jugs from the jugs machine catches. If he's not doing that, then you have every right to sit him down. But if he is, again, you're not helping him. You're making things worse, and you might as well trade him that. So, Andy, uh, comment on that. Yeah, basically, uh, Christian Watson from North Dakota State, uh, you know, he's still in his just only in his second year and you're trying to get him to develop some chemistry with Jordan Love. The only way to do that is to let him play. And you can't say that he's not one of the top three talents that they have um, on Absolutely. the offensive side of the ball. So basically, you know, you would have three wide receivers normally playing. Um, some people were saying that should be Dobbs, uh, Reed, and Wicks. I'm not saying that at all. I think you just keep it the way it was with Watson, Dobbs, mm -hmm. Reed, and then you sprinkle in a little bit of Wicks or whoever else. Um, but um, you can't st stun his growth. That's that's what we're doing this year, right? We're letting yeah. le letting the youngsters play, 
and saying right. what we've got. The only way you're going to do that is to let them play, right? Yeah. Let them make mistakes and let them uh, adapt, change, and make the most of their, mm -hmm. uh, you know, opportunities moving forward, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So the next, hooray! <laughs> Andy, take it away. Yeah, John, the offensive line unit protected Jordan Love very well against a formidable Steelers defensive front. Mm -hmm. It gave up only a sack yep. and minimal pressure. Hooray! Hooray! But the flip side of that, uh-oh, <laughs> the uh, pass blocking was really good. But, uh, you know, however, the uh-oh of it is the run blocking could have been better. Uh, if the Packers focus this season is truly the development of young players, then the Packers need to consider starting Sean Ryan at right guard over John Runyon. The former third rounder held his own one-on-one -on -one against Los Angeles Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald. Ryan has looked awesome in run blocking, which has been the weakness of John Runyon's game. Runyon is about to become a free agent, so it may be a good time to see what Sean Ryan can bring to the table. In fact, 63%, 63% of Packers fans want him to start, according to a survey conducted by SB Nation Reacts. John, any comment on that? No, I think, again, you got to look at it and see right now, development-wise, what we got to do. You know, we're going to, we just, again, have to check these guys and see who we can get in there to do the best job they can. Yeah, and we got to draft some offensive linemen too, John, mm, I would suppose, I next year. Uh, because, uh, yeah. you know, we, person, you know, both of us, overestimated what we had on the yeah, I know. line. We're not the only uh, ones. We're not the only ones. And no. so they just at times have not uh, cut it, so to speak. And then you have to be able to adapt and change. And then you have to draft some players that are going to play better. So unfortunately, they aren't as deep as we thought they were. So, yeah. So hooray. The, hooray. Uh, the Packers defense overcame some injuries. Uh, you know, like Jair Alexander, Quay Walker, right? Yeah. And and it holds it holds its own held its own even without those two key cogs in the defensive wheel, right? Uh, uh oh, though the Packers uh -oh. defense had no answer for the despicable and inept officiating, uh. and in the end, could not overcome it. Yeah, yeah. Packers were playing two opponents: the Steelers football team <laughs> and the NFL officiating crew. Yeah, it's bad. The poor officiating, and that's that's an overstatement. The poor officiating during Sunday's game might have cost the Packers a win. According to Freddie Boston of LombardiAvenue.com, and he says the NFL officials yeah. could couldn't have made more of a mess of the Kenny Pickett backward pass. Yeah. End quote. On the play, the Packers smartly realized that it might have gone backward, making it which a it fumble did. and a live ball. Which a it live was. Ball, which it was. Which it was. <laughs> yeah. Carrington Valentine got there to break up the play, and what that was a lateral. And Rashawn Gary scooped it up and took it to the house. There were multiple errors by the officiating crew on that play. First, they blew the whistle to blow the to uh, blow the play dead. Second, even after a Packers challenge and review, the decision was upheld on, of an incomplete pass. If they would have won the challenge, the Packers would have. At least they would have had the ball at the spot of the penalty. Yep. The video technology clearly showed the ball going backwards. Multiple camera angles were used. The NFL officials had a chance to get it right. They got it wrong again. What should have happened? Let the play play out. Don't blow the whistle and determine that it was a Packers touchdown. Instead, 
the NFL officials changed the outcome of the game in the most egregious way possible. They cost the Packers a victory. They cannot defend the officiating at all. NFL officials are trained to avoid mistakes like this one. Don't blow the whistle if you're unsure of the call on the field in real time. Then make the right call upon further review. Plus, the Packers lost a timeout too <laughs> for, for losing the challenge. The officiating crew was 0 for 3 on that play alone. 0 for 3. Three strikes and you're out. John, any comment on that? You're out. Yeah, uh, I, I wish we could could uh, you know suspend some of those officials uh, or you know fire them for that. So, that was ridiculous. So here, here's the thing, Andy. Uh, I, I texted you. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, but you can go on YouTube. There's a guy, uh, and maybe I'll put a link to this, and every week he takes the worst officiating calls and he puts them on YouTube and, and just puts the calls. And my God, if you think we got screwed, you should see some of these other guys get screwed, especially on roughing the quarterback, which has gotten way out of hand. And I was joking, uh, I think with, my buddy Kurt, or maybe it was you, Andy, where J.J. Watt, uh, or T.J. Watt, excuse me, he uh, shoved Jordan Love on a play when the ball was clearly released. It, it wasn't even close, and he shoved Jordan Love. And I'm thinking, oh, if, if that is Joe Burrow or Mahomes, they're throwing a flag. They are definitely throwing a flag because he had no reason to push Jordan Love. It was the, the play's, he's not even near the play, but he did. And I'm like, it wasn't egregious, but it was still a, a dumb thing to do. Like, why did you do that? Um, but this, I went on again, social media, and there's everybody was losing their, you know, crap about it. And so someone, I think they got a hold of some former officiating guy, and he's like, Yep, they made a mistake. That is a lateral. That should have been Green Bay's ball. They shouldn't have blown the whistle, and they should have been a touchdown. Or for safety reasons, they blew the whistle and the, the Packers have the ball at the one-yard line first and goal. And that was it. And everybody was like, well, what do we do? And they're like, you can't do anything. And then Skeletor, <laughs> yeah. Skeletor, by the way, I forgot to tell you, remember he did that, um, oh, shoot, it was, it was Romeo Dobbs. And he caught a touchdown pass uh, at the same time the cornerback did. And I can't, can't remember who we were playing. It's all blurred to me now. And Skeletor said, nope, it, it belongs to the corner. Well, he came out with an article saying he was wrong, that <laughs> it should have belonged to Romeo Dobbs, and that is a touchdown. And at the time, he he kept on saying, nope, nope, that, that should have been an interception, nope. And then he came out just last week and said, sorry, I was wrong. You're right. The tie goes to the runner, basically. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Get him off the air. So now people are starting a thing online on Twitter to try to get him off the air, try to get him off of Fox. Because <laughs> he's always wrong. <laughs> anyway, so go, that, go I, that I can definitely get on board with. So <laughs> I was John, I'm, John, I'm gonna let you take the next hooray and then okay. I'll take the last right. one. Okay. All right. Hooray! Uh, the Packers only gave up 23 points. And you know, there was a couple penalties in there. I was like, mm, I don't think you should have got 23. But anyway, uh about its average, the however, the Steelers offense usually only scores 17 points a game. Um, which, you know, again, our defense started out a little slow and we let Pittsburgh jump all over us and, and that, you know, still 23 isn't bad. And we had an opportunity to win the game, I guess. And then, you know, but, uh Oh, here we go again. <laughs> Joe Barry <laughs> has no answer on defense. His defense has given up 200 yards rushing three times in nine games. Some NFL teams don't even give up 200 yards in a single game in an entire season. His unit gave up 205 yards rushing, 101 yards to Jalen Warren. I don't even know who that guy is. 
and a TD and 82 yards to Najee Harris. Really quickly, Najee Harris, stop hurdling. (laughs) Stop it because you're going to end someone's career. You know how Nick Collins, his career ended? When Jon Stewart and his big fat butt landed right on top of Nick Collins' head, totally screwing up his neck, totally screwing up his skull and everything, and ended one of the greatest safeties in Packer history's career with his big fat butt. And I would not apologize to Jon Stewart in your big fat butt. So do not hurdle. Stop it. I just want the NFL officiating to put that in as stop hurdling. It's stupid. It's a dumb thing. People are going to get really hurt, and I can't believe no one has got hurt. So, anyway, (laughs) his scheme at times sucked, yes, because he would be playing 10 yards off of some of these receivers. Like, what are you you doing? Play man. Man up. You know, play press coverage. Anyway, we're on the field when the Steelers had the ball on the four-yard line. And I repeat, there were only John. There were only two defensive two linemen. Linemen were on the only field. two. Yeah, I, I repeat, only those linemen were on the field. Those linemen. Uh oh. Read this. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go, keep going. Read that. Oh okay. Nope. Uh oh. <laughs> oh boy, you're up against a team that likes to run the football. That is Pittsburgh's bread and butter. That's always been Mike Tomlin. He he, he runs the football. And he doesn't have a quarterback in Kenny Pickett. He, he's not that good, people. I'm sorry, Steeler fans. I like the nope. Steelers, and I love Steeler fans. You're as passionate as Packer fans. Yeah. I, he but only passed Kenny for like Pickett. 126 yeah, yards. He sucks. He totally right. sucks. Yep. I don't care what people say. He sucks. Even though he's had fourth quarter comebacks, yep. a lot of that is because in, when they beat Baltimore, Baltimore couldn't catch a ball to save their lives. Um, I think when they beat Tennessee, well, they're Tennessee and they suck. So really doesn't matter. Uh, they beat us and well, we suck and we know it. So, you know, come on. So if you're any defensive coordinator in the NF- entire NFL, except Joe Barry, how would you not line up? Yes. With two linemen, that's Barry's system in a nutshell. Make it easy for opposing offenses to score a TD. By the way, by the way, the Steelers did just that and scored their first easy TD of the day, thanks to Joe Barry. And I just want to say something really quick about Joe Barry. He's so infuriating because there's parts of the game where you're like, oh, man, that's smart. Oh, you put some pressure. Oh, you did this. Okay. And then there's other parts of the game where, like, he takes a nap. Like, okay, guys. I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going in my car. I'm going to take a car nap, uh, whatever. But he, man, what frustrated me the most, Andy, was when he was playing guys 10 yards off of who who are the receivers? George Pickens. Okay, he's good, but he's not, to me, a a game changer. Uh, He still has a lot to learn. And they're playing 10 yards off them. They're not playing press coverage. Yeah, Deontay Johnson's the other one, John. Yeah, really good. yeah. And he, he's probably so, the better of the two. Yeah. So, really good route runner and catches the catches the ball, doesn't drop I, it. I get that, but you're not going against Devontae Adams in his prime. You're not going against some of the top receivers out there. Come on. I mean, anyway. Yeah. So moving on. Hooray. <laughs> you take this one. <laughs> okay. Um, Jordan Love looked poised. He did look better. even under pressure. Mm, I agree. He delivered some beautiful passes. He did. He made a handful of spectacular throws, especially that 35-yard touchdown to Jaden Reed. Jordan Love's stat line on, on the day: 21 of 40, uh, 289 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. His stat line could have been even better because he was let down once again by several dropped passes. Yep. The offensive skill position players around him, unfortunately are inconsistent inexperienced, and not good enough in supporting their quarterback mm-hmm. at times. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is Jordan's improved play 
now taking the Packers out of the quarterback conversation in the 2024 mm-hmm. draft. So I figured I'd bring that up, John. You got to sure. What you, the heck? I think that that could be an uh oh because uh, this draft class coming up is going to be really, really good. And so we may miss out on an, op- on an opportunity. Um, so I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that. I, I, I'm saying, I'm saying I, I would normally say, let's go out and get a quarterback, but people are going to kill me for this Packer fans. And I know you are, we got to get a left tackle. I'm sorry, guys. We got to replace Bakhtiari. And if we're drafting in the top 10, I'm sorry. We, we, we got to do left tackle. We have to, because we have another year of Jordan Love, and I was talking to my buddy Kurt. And as soon as I said we have another year of Jordan Love under contract, he went, "Why?" And I said, "Because we do." And let's just ride this out. And he's like, "Well, then what?" And I'm like, "We're not going to have Kirk Cousins come in here. Kirk Cousins is not coming to Green Bay. You know that just isn't happening. And maybe he wouldn't fit our offense, right? And maybe we don't have Lafleur." So let's think about what we do have and how we can make it better. Uh, that's the whole thing I'm thinking about, Andy. Do you agree or disagree? I think it's going to be very interesting, John. I think we have to make an assessment by the end of the year. And once the year is over, then figure it out. But I don't want Jordan Love to be uh, Kenny Pickett, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. a game manager, uh, don't turn mm-hmm. the ball over guy. I think you need mm-hmm. more than that in a in an NFL quarterback, and you need a guy that can take you to the promised land. Yeah, I agree. And that's and that's not Lambeau Field. That is Lambeau Field, but I'm saying that's the Super Bowl, right? So uh, the jury's still out on on that. Uh, this is a a special draft class for quarterbacks. So all I'm saying is to keep an open mind. I uh, I do agree with you on the on the left tackle thing because I don't think Bakhtiari is going to come back. No. Uh, I, think we're in agreement on that yeah uh, you had stated earlier that this this you know that game against chicago might have been his last one as a packer yeah, so i agree um so by the way just one quick uh-oh we missed a game or season high 19 tackles what 19 tackles i'm looking at what yeah yeah <laughs> 19 19 uh, so, so should we even do any Packers blitz players of the game for defense then? Uh, uh, so, John, no, usually I you... got I got one on defense and one on okay. offense. Okay, yeah, go yeah, for yeah. it because I, I, right, right, right. I don't with, know. I'll start with offense. I'll start with offense. And I'm going to, uh, believe it or not, I'm going to give it to Jordan Love because of the things you just said there. I think he looked poised. I think he looked better. Those two interceptions he had, even though my buddy Kurt was like, I knew it, I knew it, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's, you know, we were having a conversation last night. And I said, okay, first of all, the Christian Watson one, that wasn't his fault. Christian Watson, which we just talked about earlier in this episode, got it. It's Patrick Peterson. He's like twice <laughs> freaking Christian Watson's age. Just be like, hey, old man, and just push him out of the way and get the damn ball. Uh, that's a joke. Patrick Peterson is a great player. But anyway, then the second interception, he did get hit. uh, But come on, they weren't going to get it because they were, they dropped like, I think, like nine guys back. (laughs) The Steelers dropped nine guys in coverage. So, like, uh, good luck with that one. Even Aaron Rodgers would have had trouble. So, but I'm going to go Jordan Love and let me do defense really quick and then I'll let you go. Defense, I'm going to give it to Rashawn Gary again because Rashawn Gary, which I love, he's just weirdly positive all the time. Well, now he's a lot of money, so he can be positive, right? But he said after the game, he said, hey, everyone kept fighting. No one gave up. We were in this game. So I'm not faulting anybody for not giving their all and not doing their best. And that's just me paraphrasing, but when a player says, hey, nobody quit out there, nobody hung their head, everybody was in here to win this game and do their best, and yes, didn't work out, but that's Rashawn Gary, man. I I just think he just is now become the leader of the Packers defense, and uh, uh, from what I see, he's very mature, he's still a young guy. Uh, I think he's taken it from Kenny Clark. I think Kenny Clark 
I think he's starting to realize Kenny Clark, he may not be here that much longer. Uh, his play has not been that great, and he's getting older. Um, and, you know, we can save some money. So those are two, my yep. offensive and Jordan Love and Rashawn Gary. So, so, so Andy. And, and Rashawn Gary would have had that touchdown because there was that lateral Correct. that they didn't call and he lateral. was he was smart oh. enough. He was smart enough to pick up the ball and dive for the pylon. So he was about to fall for whatever reason. I don't know what the hell he's falling for. Uh, he was about to fall, and he leaped and outstretched and hit the pylon. So I was like, "That's smart. That's smart because that's a touchdown." So yep. that's why that's why I picked. Should have been oh, Andy. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, should have been. Yeah, definitely should've. should have been a touchdown. Shouldn't yeah. it have been? Yeah. yeah. So go ahead. Offense. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you fully. Both both are good picks. So I have no problem right. with either one. No problem. All right. I will. I will give a shout out. Uh, to uh, one player who we've talked about in the last few podcasts, A.J. Dillon. He had nine carries for 70 yards. He averaged 7.8 yards a carry, by the way, which is he had a long of – he had that one run of 40 yards. So I did want to give a shout-out to him. Uh, and uh, Aaron Jones wasn't so good, he was only 13 of yeah, I don't know what's going on 35 yards and 2.7 yards. He didn't have a good game. We'll get to that in a minute, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Bring that up. So, um, like I told John and you all of you before, uh, I really had to do some deep dives. So, here's some deep dive reasons to be optimistic for the Packers season moving forward. There we go. Uh, First, first thing, this is a deep dive. Uh, the Packers offense has found success recently using short, fast motion, most of which involved the Miami Dolphins' cheat motion to create space and, and opening uh, open throw uh, throwing lanes. It also allows the quarterback to get the ball out of his hand quickly. The Dolphins use speed motion with their fastest players, in particular, wide receiver Tyreek Hill. Uh, more specifically, uh, the Dolphins will f- uh, fast motion into a stack or bunch to get their receivers free release in space. So basically, they're motioning in back of that stack of receivers. So somebody starts moving toward that stack of receivers and then they release. The defense can't bump fast enough, causing them to hesitate for a split second until they sort out their coverage. At that point, the receivers in the pattern are already open because they get a running start. Week 9 against the Rams was the first time that the Packers relied heavily on this cheat motion. It's too bad (laughs) that they didn't do this a ton after the bye week against the Broncos, by the way, but they did start doing it against the Rams a little bit more, John. So they've been using some of these concepts the entire season. They just, you know, it wasn't really working for them. And then they started to experiment with it a little bit more, and they started using a lot of it in their offensive schemes, starting with the Rams. So I figured I'd bring that up. So uh, great job with them. Uh, you know, doing those things, and I'm optimistic about their offense moving forward. So I brought that first thing up. John, any comments on that? No, I think that's you covered that really well. And then the uh, second thing I wanted to bring up, even with all the problems with the Packers' D inability to stop the run, there still is a little hope, a little hope, a little glimmer of hope. Okay, uh, here's here's some interesting things, John, that I that I came up with, and they're facts. Against the Vikings three weeks ago, the Packers allowed just thirty, sorry, sixty-two yards on thirty-one attempts, according to SI.com's Bill Huber, and he quotes: "This is what he says. It marked only the fourth time since the 1970 merger in which the Packers allowed two or fewer yards per carry in which the opponent had 30-plus rushing attempts. The fourth time, John. Hmm. Moreover, was the first such game in the entire league since 2021, end quote. So that says a lot about the Packers' run defense in that game, doesn't it? For an encore, 
the Packers held the Rams uh, to 68 yards on 26 tries two weeks ago. So they did really well against the Vikings and they did really well against the Rams. The three, uh, the, sorry, the 2.3 yards per carry those two weeks against the Vikings and the Rams was second best in the league. According to the team's dope sheet, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> the dope sheet preview. The last time the Packers held their opponent to less than 70 yards rushing on 25-plus carries in consecutive games was 1945. <laughs> I was going to say 50s. <laughs> Maybe uh, John and I should give the coordinator less crap. No. Uh, okay. The, the reasons for that successful run D was eliminating big run plays, tackling, and mm. toughness. The D-line was like a brick wall instead of a sieve. So yeah. I figured I'd bring that up. So they did play really, really well mm -hmm. the previous mm -hmm. two weeks. They just didn't yeah. play as well against the, the Steelers, did they? Yeah. Yeah. Any comments on that? Was that really interesting, though, John? It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. That That's a while. That's a while, yeah. And then uh, I wanted to talk about some specific uh, personal reasons to be uh, pessimistic moving forward. And the, the keyword is personnel, P-E-R-S-O-N-N-E-L. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, number one, there is little argument that Aaron Jones is one of the Green Bay's uh, best, best, most important players. He's the team leader. It's it's heart and soul. He's yeah. their heart and soul. But not even that good standing can shield him from the mistakes he made in Sunday's loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, John's uh, Jones, sorry, not John. <laughs> Jones dropped an easy pass. John would have dropped did it drop too. It. John. Sorry, Jones dropped an easy pass on third and four. He dropped a pass during a well-designed third and 11 play. His most pivotal and egregious error came with the Packers driving down the field to score the yeah. game-winning touchdown in the waning seconds. With no timeouts, he caught a checkdown pass from Jordan Love and proceeded to try to cut upfield and gain yards. He should have done what rookie wide receiver Jaden Reed had just done, had smartly done previously, head straight for the sidelines and get out of bounds. Mm -hmm. Matt LaFleur Matt LaFleur chastised Jones after the game. This is what Matt LaFleur had to say. That was like 20 seconds or so. It felt like forever. It really I really think that really hurt us. Obviously, it just wasted so much time. End quote. Obviously. Jones's level of play on the football field hasn't been good enough. He hasn't been the dynamic playmaker that we all know him to be. Lapses in judgment and in stellar play are head-scratching. Veterans like Aaron Jones need to start leading by example. John, any comment on that? Yeah, it's really strange to me to see him like this because I'm very – I'm confused. And I don't know if he's trying too hard because he loves the Packers. He talks about how much took less money and blah, 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 blah. But ever since the Chicago game, well, we can say that for all of us, he just doesn't look himself. And maybe it's he's trying too hard. And what the weird thing is, A.J. Dillon looks like someone lit a fire under his butt. And... Jones, Aaron Jones looks like somebody told him, hey, whatever, <laughs> I don't care kind of attitude, just go out there and play. And it's so strange, you know? Yep. It's like uh, his dog died or something. He's yeah, he just looks different. And it's just <laughs> the same way I was telling you with A.J. Dillon at the beginning. He just looked like, yeah, a different guy. And I don't know what's going on, what switched. Um, uh, you know, other than I'm sure AJ Dillon's agent said, you better put stuff on tape. <laughs> if you want to get paid, uh, you better start doing stuff. And Aaron Jones, I, I just, it's strange, but the whole season has been so strange. 
um, and the season and the games and the officiating. It's just been weird. And speaking of weird, I was just looking at what the game tonight, uh, Buffalo and Denver, uh, yeah. it's like three to nothing Denver. <laughs> like boring. Boring. Yeah. yeah, it's still three to nothing Denver oh. in the second quarter. And they're wow. playing at Buffalo. Yeah. Right? Don't tell um, me that's not weird. That, that is, is weird. Freaking weird. All right. So let's get into. Uh, if I can read this one, give you a little bit of a break. How's that? Yeah, the second reason to be uh, a little bit person, uh, you know, pessimistic when it comes to personnel. So, yeah, yeah. Yep, you can do the second. So, <laughs> this is Andy's favorite player. Andy oh, loves this guy. By the way, uh, DeGuerra was a third round pick. One of these days, I'm going to look it up for next week's uh, show. I promise you, Packer fans. I'm going to look up all of Goody's third-round picks. They are horrible. They are so bad. It's not even funny. And I'll give you one that is out of football right now, Amari Rogers. He is no longer playing football as of right now. Wow. And that was a third-round pick. Yeah. Hopefully uh, Tucker Craft isn't the next one. Oh, see, people are like already the third-round curse. So jo- yep. uh, Josiah DeGuerre, he again made two boneheaded plays. One was on a short yardage play when he didn't even attempt to block a defender right in front of him. I saw that. Uh, <laughs> he was the blocking fullback on that play. Oh, by the way, blocking fullback, you should block. Give yep. me John Coon again. Coon. What did he think his assignment was? I have no idea. Block the freaking guy. Uh, on the second boneheaded play, I think he did more than this, actually. This is worse. Uh, okay, he didn't even attempt to block quarterback Patrick Peterson rushing off the edge. I saw this one, too. On an extra point, which resulted in a block. Yes. The funny thing about this was somebody was offsides because I, I went back and I was like, somebody's offsides. There's no freaking way you can get around this fast. And there was somebody next to Peterson was offside, but they didn't call it. But to Andy's point, uh, yeah, DeGuar just said, whoopee, ole, and just let him <laughs> just go right through there. And even though this occurred in the first half, it ended up being crucial because it, which lessened our chances in tying the game at the end of the game. And that's right. If we hit that, then we don't have to worry about a touchdown. We can kick a field goal and go into overtime. And I think our chances, I don't know, pretty good. Uh, at least better than scoring a touchdown. So the Packers were forced to score a touchdown to win instead of a field goal, like just said, going to overtime. So veterans like Josiah Deguara need to be benched or cut. I totally agree. Or if you could trade him and get like a six-rounder, oh, fine, do that. Um, Goody LaFleur needs to start sending messages to our franchise. And we've already talked about this in previous episodes on Packers Blitz. Again, if you're not going to make plays and you're part of the problem and you're not part of the solution, you should be benched. And they got to have the balls and the guts or whatever you else want to cliche you want to use to put these guys on the bench and say enough. Because you can't tell me we can't pick up a fullback from somebody's practice squad and bring them in here and, you know, say block. I mean, that's what, just block. (laughs) You know, come on. As in too hard. So, Andy, you're picking on my boy here, but we're going to take it. We're we're men. We can take this. Yeah, third uh, personnel person to be a little bit uh, pessimistic about what's up with Jair Alexander, John, I don't know, man, I don't know. Packers fans. Uh, you know, I'll say this once again, if you don't play, you don't have value. Yeah. Uh, Jair's dinged up against shoulder back, other maladies, whatever. You're supposed to be one of our team's leaders. Uh, what are you doing on the sidelines? Uh, Kenny Clark had an arm-shoulder thing going on. He's still out there competing. Goody, get and pay players who deserve to be a Green Bay Packer. Otherwise, move off, trade them, 
get picks, and free up cap space. Absolutely. John, do uh, you have any comments on that? No, I'm getting absolutely. sick and tired of Jair. I really am. It's like he, uh, should, he needs to yeah. put up or shut up. I know. I know. And uh, I agree. You know, and you, the, the thing is, the thing is, everyone's hurt. And there's nobody, and I mean nobody, who's starting on uh, an NFL team is not hurt one way or another. Bruises, maybe a concussion that they didn't say anything. Uh, maybe, you know, uh, other things that are going on that they're just trying to keep quiet. Um, so, hey, suck it up, buddy. I'm sorry. And, and if it's that bad, if it is that bad, then you need to go get surgery. You need to end your season, go get surgery, get better. I mean, I'm not going to fault a guy for that. Not one bit. Because I get it. I've had a bad back. Uh, my wife has a bad back. And there are days where you're just like, oh, man, well, this is tough. And it locks up on you and you go, oh, that hurts. But I am not playing football and I get it. It's a tough game, physical game, but then fine. Say, I'm done. I'm going to go and get, I'm going to get surgery. I'm going to get better. So that's, I don't know what else to say on that one. So, all right. So let's get right to uh, the, it's so weird to say this. Just say San Diego Chargers. I'm sick of this Los Angeles Charger crap. (laughs) Uh, and, I, and I call them Los Angeles. It's Los, Los Angeles. <laughs> Los, Los Angeles. Uh, I'm going to read yeah. this really quick um, because uh, the reason I want to is because we are not favored again <laughs> against Los Angeles yep. Chargers, who are four and five. Uh, we, of course, are three and six. Uh, Sunday, November 19th, noon again. Uh, the, the I'm still saying San Diego. I don't care, um, is, well, they're favored by three. Um, over-under is 44. Hmm. I guess I can go with that. Um, Andy, can, you have a I side can, note. <laughs> you have a side <laughs> yep. note. I'm ecstatic that my sons, Nolan and Zach, get to enjoy the friendly confines of Lambeau Field and watch their favorite football team. I hope that the Packers play like they did against the Rams in Week 9 and get another victory at home. So, yeah, my my son, Zach, and Nolan will be there watching the game on Sunday. Excellent. So that's pretty awesome. Nice. So, All right. So go ahead and give us some stats. Okay. So the Chargers just lost to the Lions uh, 41-38 at home, which I guess it's home for them. It's Los Angeles, but whatever. <laughs> um, should be San Diego. Uh, should be. Uh, their offense, uh, the Chargers' offense is eighth, eighth in points scored at 26.6 per game. Uh, the Packers' D is 11th, is ranked 11th at 20.2 points allowed per game. So if you kind of average those two, that's about what they thought they were going to score with that over-under of 44. Uh, so I think they probably expect them to score about 23 points, I would guess. But um uh, with the uh, defense for the Chargers, they're 24th in points allowed, worse than the Packers at uh, 23.9 points per game. The Packers' offense is 21st at 19.9 points per game. So, when you pretty much when you average those two, that comes out to about you know 21, 22, whatever it is. Um, so that's about what the score is for what they think the the score is going to be between the Packers and the Chargers. So. Um, you know, they're picking the Chargers to win, of course, yeah. by about by by about a field goal. So that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh so the big three on offense for the Chargers, uh quarterback Justin Herbert. Uh he's a top five quarterback. Some some would probably rank him maybe closer to seven or eight. I think he's probably in the top five, pretty close to that. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, he averages 261 yards per game, 67.1% completion rate, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions. The second of the big three is running back Austin Eckler. Uh, he's been dealing with ankle issues all year. Uh, he's been averaging 55.3 yards uh, per game, rushing under four receptions uh, at about 41.3 yards per game. He's a little bit down this year in that regard. He's not catching as many passes. Uh, He has uh, five 
total touchdowns in six games played. So he's averaging about a touchdown a game. Last year he went off. And I believe he ended up with like 19 or something like yeah, that. So he's a little yeah, bit yeah. not scoring as many touchdowns this year. No. Wide receiver, wide receiver Keenan Allen's been a beast. He's averaging 99.4 yards per game and 8.1 receptions a game uh, and six touchdowns. So he's been totally awesome as well. So that's the big three for them. Every time uh, John sees Justin Herbert, uh, other you know, fans see Justin Herbert. I see Justin Herbert lately. When you see him, it looks as if he's giving the opposing team (laughs) and fans the finger. Yeah. On October 3rd, he fractured the middle finger on his left non-throwing hand. He has to wear a massive splint and protective wrap on that finger. Mm. It balloons his middle finger to about two to three times its normal size. (laughs) <laughs> He's got a massive finger, John. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so he has problems even with the snap from the center. He has sure. problems when he's running. He's always protecting his hand. You can tell him, uh, yeah. tell that he's moving his body to protect that finger. Yeah. So it must, it's an issue, uh, but mm-hmm. he's been playing with it. So I give him credit for that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he's got a middle finger issue, John. <laughs> uh, the big three pass rushers on defense for the. I was about to say San Diego (laughs) for the Chargers. Uh, Former Bears outside linebacker Khalil Mack has nine sacks. Outside linebacker Joey Bosa has six and a half sacks. And rookie, this is interesting, John, rookie second-round pick out of USC outside linebacker Tuli Tuipulotu has uh, four sacks. So he's been playing really well. He doesn't play that often, but he usually comes in on passing downs, and he's been pretty good for them. The Chargers rank second in the NFL in sacks with 31, just to let you guys know. The Packers, I think, are ranked like 20-something. They have only 21 sacks. Um, Head coach Brandon Staley is on the hot seat like Joe Barry. He cannot consistently get his side of the ball right. Uh, which is defense, by the way. So, John, any comment on the uh, Chargers before I move on to the Packers? Move on, Packers. Okay, this is going to be kind of, I hope, kind of short and sweet with the Packers. Uh, The Packers have a 3-6 and record with a chance of making the playoffs. Before the loss on Sunday, the New York Times projected the Packers had a 22% chance of making the playoffs. If they had beaten the Steelers, it would have been 31%. Mm. Now it's down to 15%. So realistically, the Packers have to win one or two of the next three games. They got the Chargers, the Lions, and the Chiefs. They have to win one or two of those games. And then win out against the New York Giants, Tampa Bay Bucks, the Carolina Panthers, Minnesota Vikings, and the Chicago Bears to end the season. That would put them at nine and eight or ten and seven. John Packers fans, if it's possible, we're not eliminated yet. Yeah, but yeah. just not probable. Probable. Yeah. Right. Because we are at a 22% chance right now of making the playoffs, I believe. Oh, nope. Sorry. 15 went down when 15. we lost. Yeah, it was 22. Yeah. Unbelievable that way. Well, but believable, we may make it. Who knows? Um, so the second thing about the Packers, the Packers defense needs to limit the missed tackles, of course. Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen mm. need to be tackled by the first tackler, not by the third. Uh, they need to, The Packers need to stop getting gashed by the run, even when the defensive call is designed to stop it. According to Charles LeClaire of A to Z Sports, a quote from him, the Green Bay Packers philosophically prioritizes limiting big pass plays instead of stopping the run, even against average quarterbacks. Generically, it's a smart approach. But when the run defense is so bad, the team never gets in position to truly make impactful plays rushing the passer. And the secondary is also in bad circumstances more frequently, end quote. That strategy needs to change and change now. A good quarterback like Justin Herbert will kick your butt 
will kick our butt in the pass game. Mm-hmm. If we cannot get after him and put pressure on him, that starts with stopping the run in order to set up the pass rush. Long chargers, third down plays. Make the chargers commit to passing the ball on almost every down. Then and only then can we pressure Herbert into mistakes and a lot of three and outs. And then the last thing about the pack, the secondary has performed well, especially youngsters, Carrington Valentine and Corey Valentine. They will be tested again this week. Make sure you have the right cleats on Carrington Valentine, Corey Valentine. (laughs) They're going to have to make sharp cuts to keep up with these NFL stars that we have to play this week. So they're legit. They're legit, John. The Chargers are legit on offense. Do you have any other comments on the Packers that you want to add? Okay. No. Predictions. Predictions. I'm predicting Packers 20, sorry, (laughs) Chargers 27. Uh, No, that's you. That's me. Yeah, I was like. 31 to 20. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Why don't you do yours, John? I'll come back. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) Packers uh, 23, Chargers 27. I think it'll be a hard-fought game. I think the Packers, again, will be in it, but again, lose because of, who knows, officiating, stupid tackling. It's always always something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. so your prediction. I've got the Chargers winning 31 uh, to 20, so I think it's going to be over the uh, 44 points or whatever they're expecting the game to be. Yeah, we both. And um, the Chargers have been – playing a lot better offensively been scoring more points than they had earlier in the year. So I think they're going to score about that amount and the mm-hmm. Packers, they've been right about 20, 20, <laughs> you know, 17, you know, you know, mm-hmm. 20 somewhere in there. So they really haven't exploded since week one. So uh, they could against the chargers because the chargers defense, you know, usually isn't that good, but uh, the chargers defense charges past the Packers offensive line. Basically, I think they're going to sack the quarterback a lot. And the Chargers continue to electrify, like that word, electrify on offense. So I think those two things are going to happen in unison. And when that happens, the Packers are going to lose. So I've got them losing this week. So Yes. Bummer. So you're right. Yeah. Any other comments on that, John? Nope. So you got the nope. Packers losing 27-23, and I've got them losing 31-20. Yeah, unfortunately. Right. Unfortunately. So, uh, John, I was going to go through a few NFL updates only quickly because yep. we had brought it up before. So yep, go ahead. Uh, first thing, running back uh, Christian McCaffrey's streak of 17 straight games with a touchdown came to an end. Uh, this past weekend. He remains tied for the NFL record with former Colts running back Lenny Moore, 17 straight games with a touchdown. So congratulations, Christian McCaffrey. He has the record. He's just tied for that. Uh, A.J. Brown has the record. Uh, his, His streak, though, of 125 or more yards receiving in six consecutive games also came to an end. He holds that NFL record all by him, by his lonesome. And then the last one I wanted to bring up, uh, Dallas Cowboys kicker, Brandon Aubrey. Who cares? He set an NFL (laughs) record on November 6th. Because it's the Cowboys too, right? He set a new NFL record on November 6th. I was a little bit late getting to it. The rookie has begun. I'm only mentioning him because he's on two of my fantasy teams. The rookie (laughs) has begun. I knew it. The rookie has begun his career with 19 straight successful field goals, breaking the old mark of 18 set by Travis Coons in 2015. (laughs) By the way, Aubrey made all seven of his extra point attempts last week against the lowly giants. In fact, he has now converted an incredible 45 straight attempts, including both point after attempts and field goals with his only career miss coming on his first extra point. I'm I'm falling asleep. You're putting me to sleep. Wake me up. Okay. (laughs) All right. Move to the conclusion, John. Yes, we're gonna get it. We're gonna try to get done within an hour. Which there we go. Not happen. Go. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully everybody, Packers fans, Packer Boots fans, John, my sons, 
yeah. are going to be on hand to support the Packers this yeah. Sunday, and hopefully Love they it. will help inspire them to a victory, a much-needed one. Right, John? Yes. Remember, just like last year with Aaron Rodgers, there is still a mathematical chance that the Packers could still make the playoffs. Thank goodness the NFC is so mediocre. We need to win some games. We need to start doing that this Sunday against the Chargers. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Um, Again, we tried to make the show a little more positive um, and and show people that that we're growing. There's just going to be a lot of stuff here over the next nine games that's going to be hard to control and hard to deal with. And we should have beat the Steelers, yes. But we can't beat the officials, and we can't beat lousy calls, and we can't have guys missing tackles. and So that's happened. But what I want to say is, number one, make sure you subscribe, hit subscribe, and rate us five stars when you wherever you listen to Packer Blitz at your favorite podcast site, Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Um, also... Make sure, you know, put some comments in there. Uh, Andy and I love to hear your comments. We've been getting some comments. We go a little bit too long, but it's our podcast, and that's what we're going to do. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, please do that. Um, also, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And like I said, uh, we are PackersBlitz80 at gmail.com. You're more than welcome to send us some uh, fun stuff some things you disagree with or agree with. So again, thank you, Andy. Great show. Uh, Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.